A murder-suicide is an act in which an individual kills one or more people before or while killing oneself. A story I will share with you this Tuesday. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Vixen and Blitzen, all his reindeer pulling on the reins. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. So hang your stockings and say your prayers. Cause Santa Claus is coming tonight. is the story of the Santa Gunman. Tuesdays with Trisha, Episode 4 Welcome to Covina, California, nestled between the ten and 210 Freeway, it's considered the east part of Los Angeles County and runs along the San Gabriel Mountains. It has a population of about 40,000 people, and back in the 1900s, they were the third largest orange-producing area in the world. And in the early 1950s, Covina was known for the best oranges in the world, still battling that title today. Our story begins on January 29th, 2006, when Sylvia Ortega and Bruce Pardo wed. The couple had known each other since 2004 when Sylvia's brother-in-law had introduced them. She had three kids from a previous marriage, and he had none. Sylvia, currently at the time of the marriage, had only her one four-year-old daughter living with her. So, all three of them moved into a three-bedroom house in Montrose, California, and the couple immediately got an Akita named Saki. The first year was marital bliss. Bruce's mom became close with Sylvia and her kids. Now, Bruce worked at ITT Tech as an electrical engineer and made about $120,000 a year. And Sylvia had a more modest job in the flower shop, but obviously the couple both lived comfortably together. Yes. They both regularly attended church, and Bruce was even an usher on Sundays. She was described as sweet and beautiful, while he was said to be charming and generous. Sounds perfect. Yes, like a first-year marriage should. Mm -hmm. But by the second year, Sylvia found herself sleeping on the couch and spending weekends at her parents' house in Covina. As her husband Bruce became withdrawn, cold, miserable... And basically wanted to fight about money all the time. And this was according to court documents. He was spending money like crazy and dwindling the couple's savings. Then the secret came out. 
Bruce's secret. You want to know what it was? What is it? So Bruce did have a child. (laughs) With his other girlfriend in the past. But sadly, a tragedy happened under Bruce's watch with the young boy that he was trying to hide. The boy actually drowned in the pool in the backyard. Oh, wow. Bruce Matthew was actually 13 months old at the time. So he was just just over a year. Yeah. He survived, but with severe brain damage that made the boy paraplegic. The couple obviously didn't survive this, and Bruce basically left them both to fend for themselves. They never saw each other again. Wow. Sylvia found out about all of this, and this deteriorated their marriage even more. And by December 18th, 2008, the two-year marriage was over, and the divorce was finalized. Well, I mean, after finding all that stuff out, I mean, yeah, it's I think hard you to can stay with someone. You know, it's stuff that you need to, um, you know, disclose in the beginning of a relationship. Absolutely, that's a huge secret to hide from yeah. somebody, and the trust <laughs> that could have been broken within that, or oh gosh, yeah. you know, or just just to know for herself whether she wanted to be with somebody like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyways, um, Sylvia moved in with her parents in Covina, California, 1129 East Knollcrest Drive in particular. So Bruce was obviously furious. He had lost his wife, his marriage, and now as the divorce finalized, he was ordered by the court to pay Sylvia at this point $10,000 give her the valuable wedding ring she had wanted back and their dog, Saki. That's a hard blow to take. Yes. Bruce did keep the house, but things got worse as he lost his job. So he was slowly losing everything. And by the divorce, he was knee deep in debt. Stressed, angry, enraged. Bruce dealt with it somehow. Or did he? Now, Sylvia Pardo, on the other hand, came from a large family. She had more support and seemed to be handling the divorce as best as she could. Her family spent many holidays, birthdays, and anniversaries celebrating all together. Sylvia was probably relieved and happy to be at home, even though she was 43 and living back with her parents. But she knew this time away to start over with her family by her side could make it all the more easier. Neighbors of the Ortegas described them as loving and delightful. Their next-door neighbor always bragged how each Christmas they got tamales or cookies from the Ortegas. And over the years, family and friends expected nothing less as these loving traditions developed. And on Christmas Eve, the Ortegas threw a party with their family and friends each year. And this year, in particular, was no different.
so on December 24, 2008. The Ortegas rolled out the Christmas festivities and the party began. With about 25 party goers all in attendance, the music was blaring and the food was hot and delicious. So much laughter and love coming from the block of East Nopasco. Each year, the Ortegas had a neighbor friend who would dress up as Santa Claus and surprise the guests of the party. But sadly, this year, that neighbor had moved, so no Santa Claus was expected this year. But at around 11.27 p.m., as the door creaked open, eight-year-old Katrina caught a glimpse of a man in a red suit. You know, the one that usually has presents. She bounded to the door, and as she did, the large Santa Claus figure appeared, but something was off. There, This was no Santa Claus, but a monster. A monster named Bruce Pardo. Instead of a shiny red gift, the unsuspecting eight-year-old had thought, she was greeted with a 9 millimeter semi-automatic handgun. And as the gun exploded from Santa's hand, it hit sweet Katrina in the face. He then shot at, 16, at a 16-year-old girl in the back, wounding only her and sweet Katrina, despite being shot in the face, she did survive. We know in particular he shot and killed eight people. After he shot and wounded five, or I'm sorry, after he shot and wounded people and had no one fighting him back, he unwrapped the only gift that he did bring with him, which was a homemade type of flamethrower looks like a fire extinguisher to me like a makeshift one but i'll make sure that uh, to upload the photo for all of you to see i actually know these you can um pre-fill them up we used to use them in graffiti you would fill them up with paint and use them so he's using it as filling it up with gasoline and using it as a flamethrower so what is it normally used for then so they normally fill it up with a you know a flame retardant and then it's pressurized with an air pressure and then you can actually use it over and over again rather than an extinguisher that can only be used a few times oh wow yeah they're um a little older they're they don't make them anymore okay at least i don't think they do but yeah I'll make sure to upload the photo so everyone can see it because it's an interesting device. So he filled that with racing fuel and it had a nozzle to spray like you were describing. And he used that to spray the fuel all in the house. Yeah. And then he lit it on fire and left. Unbelievable. Flames were reported reaching 50 feet high. And sadly, another death occurred in the fire as well. So now it was a total of nine. 911 was called around 11.30 p.m. from a party goer. And it took the firefighters in a, to- a total of an hour and a half to get the fire in the house under control and out. Once inside, law enforcement were able to determine the nine bodies, but obviously due to the damage, it would take the coroner some time for the reports. 
They were identified through medical and dental records, and this is a list of who they were. Sylvia Pardo, Bruce's ex-wife, 43. Alicia Ortega, 70, Sylvia's mother. Joseph Ortega, 80, Sylvia's father. Charles Ortega, 49, Sylvia's brother. Sherry Ortega, 45, Charles' wife. James Ortega, Sylvia's brother. Teresa Ortega, James's wife. Alicia Ortega Ortiz, Sylvia's sister. And Michael Ortiz, which he was only 17, Alicia Ortiz's son. Basically, basically the whole family. Yes, seriously. So a huge devastation and loss to the Ortega family. Bruce fled the scene in his blue Dodge Caliber. He had suffered third-degree burns on his arm from the gasoline getting on his Santa suit. He drove 30 miles away to his brother's house in Silmer, California. There, he died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound in the mouth. His brother was not home at the time. Law enforcement arrived shortly after the incident. There, they found a ticket to Canada and $17,000 worth of cash strapped to Bruce's leg. They had also recovered his rental car parked down the street, which was the blue Dodge Caliber, and inside they found remnants of the Santa suit, 200 rounds of ammo, and even residual gunpowder, which actually could be triggered by a spark in the car could have blown up at any time. Law enforcement had wondered if Bruce did that on purpose. So they confiscated the car and destroyed it. And further into the investigation, they realized Bruce's original plan to Canada was just to throw people off the trail. And his ticket was actually for Moline, Illinois, where an old friend of his lived. And he actually called that friend a week prior to let the friend know that he was going to be on in town. But things didn't go as planned, I think because of the third degree burn that he was suffering. How was he going to get on a plane with that? (laughs) Um, So instead, he took his life. Law enforcement eventually searched his house in Montrose and they found the five empty boxes of the 9mm semi-automatic handguns, a Benelli tactical shotgun, and a high-octane fuel tank. They described it basically a bomb factory. Law enforcement were stunned and baffled as Christmas came and went the next day with a charred bloodbath. A man so angry and down on his luck that he had to destroy the very thing that once made him happy. He simply couldn't just walk away. And another thing, Bruce knew about this event, this very party. He attended it in the past with Sylvia when they when they were married. So he had every intention to destroy it all, and he did. 
he ultimately took out an entire family. Wow. The aftermath of this left family, friends, and neighbors haunted and devastated by what had occurred. This has gone down in history as the Kavina Massacre, a nightmarish event that ended in tragedy and wiping out any happy image of Christmas for that neighborhood forever. Five years later, the mother of eight-year-old Katrina, Leticia, reflects on how life is still really hard and emotional a lot during the holidays. Uh, She had taken in her sister's youngest daughter, and each year around Christmas Eve, instead of having that party, they attend church and then they visit the grave sites, a place where Leticia and the rest of the family can visit and remember the love and good times they all shared while shedding tears of aching, I miss you pains that will never go away. Heartbreaking. Absolutely. There were actually 10 detectives in total that worked this case, and they too each year visit the site of the house or they often chat with family members nearby. They too will never forget, and neither will we. I have to say we see a lot of cases like this often where people simply like snap, Call it what you want, crime of passion, crime of desperation. In this case, it was a complete fucking massacre. Yeah. And a lot of times we are left with questions of why and truly for what? What did this accomplish? So my heart, and I'm sure your heart. Yes goes out to the family and friends affected by this horrible crime. I hope you all took care and caution while listening to this episode. Till next time, thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Tuesdays with Trisha. See you next Tuesday on Tuesdays with Trisha. And don't forget to wash your hands, stay safe, and don't forget to listen to Tuesdays with Trisha.